Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up two o'clock on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one. The only Jody Jackson filling in for John Gambler. Did you like that? Set that up. You like how I did that? Because she is truly the one, the only Jody Jackson who's filling in for Gambler. And you you threw everyone the curveball there. I did a little bit. You know, I threw Uncle Charlie. Uh, I I went with the deuce and everybody was thinking fastball and I went curveball. How are you? You're filling in for Gambler today. It's I'm doing great. It's that fun time of year. I feel like, well, you know, I love sports and I love covering all the Valley sports. So there's never really a bad time of year, but spring training, suns are down the home stretch. There was a butt in there. I could could, draft. There's a lot of fun times of year here. But this is your favorite Uh, time of year? I mean, fall's probably, you know, the baseball heading into postseason football. That might be... That might be my favorite. Okay, I, I'm, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. because it, it, <laughs> It's it, never a bad time, I, but yeah. I, I'm getting mixed signals off of you right now as to when you're... Well, there's still a lot going on, I think. That's what's crazy, yeah, you know? Tons, I, I, right? Sometimes it's like, okay, it's a little less busy, and people say, well, how are... You know, because I kind of run around a lot. It's kind of my thing. I thrive what, off you of do? chaos. Huh? You thrive you? off of chaos. Uh, <laughs> I should also point out, uh, in case he's listening, uh, as he's taking a day off to go attend his son's first baseball game today as a oh, high schooler. Oh, wonderful! Yes, that's why Gambo's go got Aztecs. Day off. Uh, yeah, his, his <laughs> son's uh, playing on JV for uh, Corona del Sol, which is where I went and where your kids your go. son, your kids go this and is all a heavy that. Heavy Corona afternoon drive. A lot, a lot, a lot of Corona influence yeah. here. Not not Lauren and Mitch, not the kids, but like Aaron Maloney <laughs> or assistant. That's Bash director? the school colors again, okay? Huh? Just don't bash the school oh, colors no, I again learned, like I learned Saban the, Lee was on. I learned the first time. I bashed That's I bashed right. the Saban school colors Lee. and yeah, I got a hard time. it's a lot of candy corn. Like when football season, like my son would be more like, oh, it's candy corn, right? <laughs> it it's it orange and of, yellow. It's a lot of candy corn. <laughs> I, never, I never really thought of it <laughs> oh, that yeah, way. It's, it, the but colors are like not little, good. Little candy corns out there moving around on the field. It's bright. Uh, well, anyway, it's good to have you in. It's always It's always a pleasure. But you were going to say it because I was a little tentative here. The chair. You're sitting in Gambo. Chair. Well, because it's the only chair that has his name on it, so I felt a little bit like, can I sit in this chair? Okay, here's here's, and I'm not saying this to defend him because <laughs> there's so much of him that's indefensible. But I will say this about that's not his chair. He just he, there's only one in here that he feels comfortable in, so he just wrote his name on the back of it. Not. To claim it, just to know, just, just to yeah. know of all of these chairs, which one is the one and that I want to sit in. It's very comfortable, Gambo. It's a great chair. I'm going to take good care of it. I won't like eat a muffin like I sometimes used to do during uh, Wolf and Luke and get like little crumbs <laughs> on get it. Muffin crumbs on Gambo's chair. I cleaned chair. it. I cleaned no, it. No, no, do that. Do that. no, I'm actually good. I'm drinking water. That's it. <laughs> okay, I will good. not spill anything on this chair. Good. I'm glad we clarified that. <laughs> I'm glad we got that all cleared up. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here at the Birds and Gambo Show. Quick. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. And the Suns win, 123-113, the final score. They knock off the Lakers and win their eighth straight home game to improve to 34-24 and on the season. Now 19-11 and here at Footprint Center. The- 
Man, did they need that one yesterday. Uh, after losing the first two games coming out of the All-Star break to Dallas and Houston, the, two, the Texas two-step did the Suns no favors whatsoever. They beat the Lakers yesterday in, I, I'm not going to call it an unusual game, but it certainly kind of breaks from the norm of what we're accustomed to seeing with the Suns when they win basketball games. It was a very well-rounded, everybody got involved, everybody scored, everybody got touches, everybody got shots. And I I, I don't know about you, it was kind of refreshing and kind of nice, and I kind of enjoyed watching everybody get their touches and everybody get their turns, right? Absolutely. It was awesome to see, and it was a day when what KD was 7 for 20 and Book 8 for 18, so the role players needed to step up, and they go hand-in-hand, right? When those things are happening, I mean, Nurkic... Had a terrific game. Yes. And I think he's really pivotal in the success of this team. And that's not a shock, but I think he might be in some ways the most important guy out there to make everything gel. And then Royce O'Neal, Grayson Allen shooting threes. I heard Frank Vogel talking before the game yesterday about how they were uh, outscored on three-pointers in those two games in Texas, and that's not really a recipe for them. They have to be shooting threes and they have to be making them. Now, whether that's a good thing or not, we can dive into later on in the show, but, you know, it was. It was everything you said, Bernsey. Everyone was contributing. Uh, I think the role players are going to be just so important in where how far this team's going to go and Bradley Beal wasn't out there so that was a great sign. Yeah, it, it was it was a, and Frank Vogel after the game um was talking and then Kevin Durant when he was on with ABC he was asked about what impressed him most about the win here's what he said. Leadership. Leadership the struggles the game everybody was talking coaches leading us players were leading us and that just helped the ball go into the rim and helped us on defense. Surely taking a shot at Charles Barkley when he said that leadership was what impressed him most about the win i was impressed that that and and here's what i think is going to have to happen a lot i mean i i think on nights like yesterday or days like yesterday it was a day game they, they were clearly taking the ball out of devin booker's hand they were clearly taking the ball out of kevin durant's hand there's got to be a level of trust in the other guys mm-hmm. and you and i were talking before the show and i thought you made a great point i want you to make it on the air, not off the air, because it was a really good one about how, you know, we talk about turnovers with this team. We talk about the flow with this team. When they get into a flow like they were in yesterday, here, Grayson, no, you shoot it. Royce yeah. O'Neal, here, you shoot it. You're the open guy. You're supposed, there was, in fact, there was once yesterday, Bull Bull did it, and there was once he did it against Houston. Where he had the shot, like it was a Bobo. You're supposed to shoot that, and he didn't. He passed up on it both times. Don't pass it up if if it's your if it's if the offense is creating a shot for you, Grayson Allen, take the shot. And I want to see Book and Durant trust those guys more in moments like that, and not feel like they have to do it all themselves because that's maybe when the offense kind of gets stagnant and clogs up a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's when the turnovers really happen because as as well as KD played for the first couple months of the season and as many points as he was putting up, there were a lot of turnovers and there were a lot of turnovers in general that were hurting this team. And I think when you rely on KD and Book more and more and at times maybe even force the ball to them, that is when it does get stagnant and the turnovers happen more. So I think, yeah, as this moves on and hopefully because what are there, 25 games left now? 24, 20, 25. Yeah, it's getting I, down there. But yeah, yeah, Somebody do the math. right? Let's see, 30, they've played, they've got 24 games left. Yeah, 24. So, I mean, I think we're seeing that finally, that trust. Trust is a big word and using the other guys to play their role. And I, I think that's got to happen on a more consistent basis. I hope so. It's It's one of those things where... 
you know, at the end of February against the Lakers, okay. But in the middle of April against the Clippers and you're in the middle of a best of seven series, are you, you know, are you going to want to live and die with Grayson Allen or Eric yeah. Gordon when he's back out? And I, and I think this is where, I hope where Bradley Beal's return, and I don't know. Gambo's the source guy in the show. Everybody knows that. I'm not. I'm gonna guess he's back on Thursday. I'm. I'm gonna guess he's watching him go through the pregame workout against Houston. It looked like he was pretty close. Maybe they just want to give him one more day. Now they've got this long layoff until Thursday's next game, and then they could play him. That's where Bradley Beal, I think, is. There's. There's gonna get guys who are gonna get open looks on this team, especially come playoff times. They're. They're not gonna want Devin Booker to beat him. They're not gonna want Kevin Durant to beat him. And as long as those two guys are willing to say, hey, Beal, you're open, shoot it. Hey, Alan, you're open, shoot it. That trust, I'll be curious to see if it's as much there in April and May when this team is making a playoff run as it is in February when they're playing a game that mattered but didn't matter like a playoff game mattered. Yeah, and everything's just more difficult in those times in those matchups. And so you need you need everybody to be ready and to embrace their role and to be at their best. And you certainly need everyone healthy. And uh, yeah, Bradley Beal, that'd be great to see him back Thursday because, again, you want to start really gelling with the guys that you have at this point in time. It, it was their first win, as I mentioned, since the All-Star break. They're back up to sixth in the West after dropping all the way to eighth after the loss to the Rockets. We'll talk more about the loss to the Rockets a little bit later on in the show. Not like the nuts and bolts of it, but just sort of one of those games where if this team does fall into the play-in tournament, that's going to be one that you're going to remember. And, and there are a few this season that we're going to remember where you go, man, how did you lose to that team? How did you lose? <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, and, and, and they didn't look like, I mean, I think one of the words that I heard Tim Kempton use, I was listening on the, on the radio a little bit, and he said lackadaisical at times. You yeah. know? And you're like, what? How? <laughs> Coming how? out of the break. I know right. it's back-to-back, and I get that, but you're kind of, you know, you know, launching out of this break and trying to make hay, so to speak, it was a little disappointing. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo uh, with Jody Jackson filling in for Gambo, sitting in Gambo's chair. Uh, Cardinals brass getting ready for the combine in Indy. But one of the guys, in fact, the guy that has mostly been tied to the Arizona Cardinals, not going to be doing a whole lot in Indianapolis. We'll tell you the latest from the combine next on the Burns and Gambo show with J.J. filling in. Hey, it's Jared, and tomorrow we're going to be talking about a bunch of top athletes running around in their underpants. I'm, of course, referring to the new baseball uniforms. No, but we will talk about the Diamondbacks and the NFL Combine. Bickley and Murata, 6 a.m. It really is always a hold-your-breath factor every time Jared voices one of those. Like, what's he going to say? What, what was that voice that when he started, he was almost whispering. It was very, what was going on there? Play it back for me. Let me hear it again. <laughs> hey, it's Jared, and tomorrow we're going to be talking about a bunch of top athletes right there. running around in their underpants. Yeah, yeah, I'm, of course, I referring like, to the new baseball uniforms. No, but we will <laughs> talk about the Diamondbacks and the NFL Combine. Bickley and Murata, 6 a.m. Yeah, he got a little whispery there for a second. Maybe it was quicker than I thought. As yeah. I was listening, I was All like, right. okay, is he going to keep going? And then he started yelling. So there so you go, listen, normal Jared. Listen tomorrow for Jared Carlin, yeah. where he's talking about people running around in their underwear. <laughs> Baseball, scouting combine, could be one of the either. Yeah, we, we're not quite sure. Jody Jackson's filling in for Gambo. Here on the Burns and Gambo Show, no whispering allowed from 2 until 6. We're uh, we're talking about the scouting combine, and um, you, were, we, you were telling me, I think it was Bobby Mack, Bob McManaman of AZ Central, 
tweeted out yeah. something like, uh, yeah, I came all the way to the scouting just combine. Here. just landed in Indianapolis, and I found out that the guy I'm here to write about isn't doing anything while I'm out here. It's like, well, well Bob, you know. go have a nice dinner, and I'm sure he'll find some things to write about. Yeah, probably. Marvin Harrison Jr., <laughs> this, is, this goes beyond just the standard, hey, I'm not. I'm not working out for teams at the combine because that happens, you know, and one of the other receivers, and we'll tell you who in just a moment is, is kind of doing the same thing. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be at the scouting combine this week. He is going to interview with teams, which is a very, and we'll get to that in a second. That's a very important part of the process. But Marvin Harrison Jr., what makes him different is that not only is he not going to participate in any of the physical events at all during this week in Indianapolis, he's not going to participate in Ohio State's Pro Day. In fact, the story that's being kind of fronted right now is that he is not training to run a, a cone drill or run a 40 or do any kind of athletic testing event that anybody would expect of a prospect at this stage in the game. He is training for the football season, which begins when training camp starts or mini camp starts and things like that. He's not, he's not doing, he's not training to do any of that stuff. He's not going to do any of that stuff as if to say, there is nothing about me that you're going to learn watching me do the three cone drill or the shuttle drill or the anything else. You want to know me as a football player? Put on the tape. Watch me yeah. as a football player because you're not going to learn jack squat about me in any of these other capacities, right? Well, last time I checked, there are no cone drills during the NFL no, season. I, I, uh, no, there no, you're not running down the field unimpeded. Unless typically. the cones tackle, right? Yeah. Do, do unless, the cones unless tackle? Unless it's a defense that isn't, for some reason, accounting for you, you're not running unimpeded. You're going to be pressed. You're going to be covered. You're going to be swatted at you're going to be pushed around and you're not running down the field you know just to run so i do understand where he's coming from there but it is a bit unconventional i mean if the one thing bernsey is the numbers always hold some amount of weight and so the question is although i would imagine um you know all of the evaluators they always say look tape doesn't lie mm-hmm. so they do know that but yet i think as an athlete when you put a number out there and it's recorded and that's your number, you know, maybe he also doesn't want to be attached to that. And, he, you know, clearly he is, I mean, he's regarded as the best wide receiver in college football. He's in the top three for sure, but a lot of people would say number one. So in that regard, do you agree? Does he really have to prove anything no, in those drills? No, I, I totally agree. In, in fact, it, I, I think he he maybe is one of the very few guys who, like I say, there there are plenty of guys who won't do anything at the Combine. Most of them, like Malik Neighbors, he's not going to run at the Combine. But he is going to run at LSU's at pro, day pro Day yeah. in late March. Okay, He'll still do the things. He just wants to do the things on his home turf. I think very rare, and I have to go back and look at history to see if anybody else has kind of done it like this. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. knows there is nothing I need to do to show you who I am. Like I, I'm, I'm going to be the first receiver taken. I'm going to be the first non-quarterback taken. It doesn't matter whether I run a four-four forty, a four-eight forty, a five-four forty. I'm going to be the first guy. So I might as well show you that I, I don't think. 
it, it's important for me to waste my time on stuff that doesn't matter. And, and like right. some, and I was listening to Wolf driving in, and I get this to a certain extent. You know, he wants to see these guys compete. I want to see you compete. I want to Marvin Harrison Jr. I, it's like it's, he can't gain anything, they, but I don't think he can lose anything yeah. either. He, I think he's uh-huh. in that very rare position where I got nothing to gain, nothing to lose. Yeah. Everybody knows who <laughs> I am, so why bother? I'm just going to get ready for the. He's not even hiring an agent. He's That's just interesting to me. That is a little weird. It's not the first time, of course, but a lot of times you see it later, right? Guys start to like. You know, DeAndre Hopkins and some other guys we've seen, but they yeah. don't do it right out of college. Yeah. And of course, his dad being, you know, longtime NFL or one of a great wide receiver. I mean, he's given him all the advice and he's I don't know if they were just speculating on if his dad's going to be the agent or what the deal is. I have but, not seen who the speculation on who. But you're right, someone has to him. answer the phone when the phone calls come in. <laughs> and, you know, there there own, has to be. Is he answering his own calls? Right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Hi, it's Marvin. What's up? No, actually, this is Marvin. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not kidding, man. This is Marvin. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how that's going to work, but I, I think that he's just in this rare, even with the agent, where it's like, I know, I know I'm going to be there. I, I don't need to share my money with anybody. I don't need to share my money with an agent. I'm going to be a top three or four pick. And that's that. And what's it, interesting is everyone is predicting he'll be a Cardinal. So for all of this. You know, this is a top news story that isn't a local story, and yet it is a local story for us. Oh, very much so. And, and like, and the most important part, at least from a combine standpoint, is he'll still do the meetings and he'll still do the face to face, and that matters. That's important. I think the only reason, the only reason you would want to see him test physically, is to make sure that he doesn't, or that he's healthy. Yeah, that he's yeah. healthy. That he doesn't put on some weight, right. that he doesn't take it easy, that, you know, as long as you trust that he's going to take care of himself physically like yeah. that, should be fine. We, Monty Austin Fort was on with uh, Bickley and Murata last week for Newsmakers Week. And while he didn't, you know, wasn't asked directly about Marvin Harrison Jr., it's pretty clear that he thinks the game tape is the most important part. I'd love to sit here and tell you that I'm, I'm going to bat a thousand, you know, from draft picks, and it's just not reality. There's just, it's just not going to happen. And so, you know, I think with, with anything, um, we, always talk about it is any player evaluation that we're trying to do it's it's a it's a pie right and so there's a bunch of different things that go into each piece of that pie and i'd say the vast majority of that is always going to go back to the game tape okay and so that's ultimately it's going to go back to hey what does this guy do when he's actually playing football favorite pie go Oh, chocolate of some sort. Which chocolate, is, like a chocolate yeah, like cream, a, like yeah, a chocolate cho- mousse yeah, or something like, a, like that. What is it called? French silk or something? Yeah, something like that. Silk? Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Banana I cream. mean, I felt like I should lie to you and tell you like a fruit pie, but no. No, 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 no. no. What are you, banana cream? Banana cream or lemon meringue. Banana cream mm. and chocolate? Well, these I know. are such bad <laughs> options. I really, really like you guys, but those are the are wrong you, Are you like it, apple? It, are you an apple cherry, person? In, cherry, Enlighten okay. us, See that? Please. It's fruit. People it's like just, fruit pies, fruit, So just a fruit pie? A right. fruit pie might be my favorite thing, like period. Really? My, out there. I'm raising Fruit my... pie and pickles. Oh, well, so you're not, like, not together, I'm right? It's like the tartness. You must like yes. the tart. Like, are you a Sour Patch Kid yes. eater also? Yes. <laughs> See, I am not. I mean, my kids no, love that sweet. stuff. Give not to sweet. say, Lauren, I know you're not a kid, but... Uh, although Bursey did call you a kid <laughs> earlier, but I'll be like, they'll be eating all that stuff. And I'll be just like, no, just give me like a piece of dark chocolate. Like, I'm just, that's what I like. I'm stuck on the, the fruit thing. Banana's a fruit. 
Yeah, but I know what she. That's it's, a it's creamy. A, it's a thing. fruit. It's like it's half. Like a, it's like half a fruit pie. It's like it's like it's not a. <laughs> banana is like. Banana cream pie, okay, but like I've found banana people just don't like bananas very I, okay, much. Yeah, I, I eat them because I'll eat one in the morning because it is literally something I can grab, take out of the house. Yeah, and um, it is you know kind of good for you, but I don't really like it. My wife won't kiss me if I've had a banana. Really? She won't kiss me. She. What, what does a banana do? It's not an onion. It's not. A, it's not a head of just, garlic. She just. There's <laughs> something about the smell of bananas that just. Oh. Abs- she. She That's like weird. Like she'll. She'll. She usually gets up a little bit after me if I'm in my office working away and there's like a banana peel sitting there. Oh. I get the kiss on the cheek every single time. Never a kiss on the lips after I've had the banana. Is, is she allergic to no? No, she just she's so revolted by all things banana. Wow, I get no kisses when I've had a banana. Okay. Absolutely none. Have you ever eaten a banana and it leaves like kind of a weird, <laughs> like residue on the roof of your mouth? Uh, yeah, every almost now and like then. spinach, yes. but yes. in a different way. Every now and then. Every now and then. Anyway, anyway, sorry. I like to put peanut butter on a banana. By the way, amen to that. I'll put peanut That's butter. Put that, I'll put peanut butter That's on anything. Good. Lauren's even nodding. I'll, I'll Glad put, we can I'll agree put, as we come to a close here I'll in the segment. Peanut butter on my finger and just, you know, <laughs> there we go, right? Peanut just, butter and chocolate. Can't beat that. You cannot. When we come back, Diamondback Spring Training has featured a lot of the young starting pitchers. It's early. It's very, very early, but so far, so very good. That's next. Burns and Gambo, Jody filling in. Hey, it's Luke. What can the Diamondbacks accomplish in this year's spring training slate? We'll be live from Salt River Fields getting you ready for D-backs Rangers. We get going tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. We got so wrapped up in the pie conversation in the last segment and Lauren's disgust over my love of banana cream pie. Uh, I failed to mention that uh, Roma Dunze, the, he, the wide receiver out of Washington, will run and test at the Combine in Indy. Malik Neighbors will be there for interviews, but won't run or test until his pro day on March 27th. I just feel like I needed to get that out there before we talked about Diamondbacks baseball, because Jody Jackson's filling in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gambo show. The one-two. Strike three called, and the inning is over. Well, he struck out three in the first, did Nelson. He strikes out two in the second. JJ, it's early, really, 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 <laughs> really, really early. Um, but Slade Ciccone, Ryan Nelson, and Tommy Henry, the three thought to be competing for the fifth starter spot. It, maybe it's just down to Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson. But for now, Ciccone's in the conversation. Have made one trip through the first round of spring training games. They have combined to go six innings. Three hits, no runs, one walk, 12 strikeouts, an ERA of zero, a whip of 0.66. Surly? That's competition. That's, that's, hey, you know what? We don't have any positions that count yeah. as competition. This is the closest thing we've got. The old competition fifth starter, on this pretty team. common in spring training, right? A lot of teams are having that fifth starter yeah. conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's a great problem to have, and they all look good. It's funny. Uh, Tommy Henry was really good, the, you know, the first day. We're just, we literally, I can remember the games now because we're only like three games in, and they're playing right now. They're playing at the A's, but, uh, and and he was he was real good. Stuff looked sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
And then the next day with Ryan Nelson, you got in a little bit of trouble or like you get a couple base runners and then he just struck the next two guys out. So <laughs> the stuff is good. And then you saw Sacconi. I actually did not see Sacconi. You did. We were actually but, there yeah. yesterday, me and uh, some friends of mine, um, uh, the, the rare spring training, no hitter through eight and a third. And then the White Sox busted it up in the ninth inning. The um, White Sox are uh, not. No, no. <laughs> like we were, it's we early, were, but oh, we are, we can tell you I'm, that. I'm looking right? at the Chicago fan. Like we were sitting there, the four of us. And, and I, I even said out loud, honest to God, I'll give $10 out of my pocket right now to the person who can name me the manager of the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> so I don't even know who it is. Who is it? Honestly, I know, who is just, it? I know Josh Barfield is over there with the uh, former Diamondback. Uh, I think it's Pedro Grifol. Is that who it is? Wow, you know what? Yeah. that's. I pay way too much attention to baseball. I'm sorry. Okay, Lauren, you're getting the nod from Lauren through the Google machine. Google machine says you're correct. Nobody in my group could do it. They're fairly knowledgeable Pedro sports fans. Grifol, yeah. I, I want to know who said Tony Larusa. Did anyone in your group say Tony? <laughs> no, but well, one of them said Ozzie Guillen. I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's... I don't think it's he had a good run anymore. <laughs> I don't think it's him anymore. They're in they're in moments of change for sure. Yeah, uh, that's putting it very politely. Rebuilding, but yeah, it's yeah. been a, a time. Uh, it, it, and it was you know it's spring training. We're, it, and of course it's not. We're gonna make we're gonna make a big deal out of it only because it's one of the few positions that's actually up for grabs on this roster. Is it? Does that make it a big deal? Not necessarily, um, but most of the positions on this team are secure. One through four is secure. Gambo and I were talking about this last week. It's it, Most guys on this roster, and it's a nice luxury to have, are in a position where they can use the spring to work on some stuff and yeah. work on, you know, not really worry about the results. And I have got to do this to make the team. I've got to do that to make the team. There are guys and we're going to talk about one of them a little later on in the show, and like Jake McCarthy, who probably has to produce this spring in order to make the roster right out of the shoes because there aren't a whole lot of spots there. But one through four in the rotation, most of the bullpen, the first, what, 10 position players, uh, 11, if you want to count whoever the backup catcher is going to be. It's done. It's set. It's over. <laughs> They're like this, you know, which which makes for a lack of competition, but it also gives guys the opportunity to just kind of work on stuff without the pressure of having to make a team. Yeah, just get ready, you know, and especially coming off the short off season, and a lot of them are even being pushed back a little bit. Zach Gallen threw his first live bullpen today, but it's it's kind of nice that you know they even they they can slow play and just get ready for the season. Now it's interesting that you say that though, because Tommy Henry, I think some of these guys have a quiet confidence. These young and they also know that this coaching staff does trust them in in big spots. Mm-hmm. Even Tommy, who was injured at the end of last season, but he was part of that last year for sure. I mean, he pitched 89 innings. They were all important. Um, yep. You know, Ryan had 144 innings, uh, certainly some key moments down the stretch as well. Brandon Fott, I don't need to tell anyone that, even though he really struggled um, before he found his groove in the postseason, especially. But Tommy was talking about, you know, throwing a sinker and I think he only threw one or two of them but I mean they'll still toy with some things but they do want results especially you know Tommy Henry Ryan Nelson who are the two kind of main candidates for that fifth spot and I think why they're 
main candidates. I mean, certainly not to say Slade isn't. Um, you know, that we can name a couple of other guys. I mean, you got Bryce Jarvis who pitched a little bit last year, but uh, you know, because they just have the most experience. Yeah, that, that's what and, it comes down to. Yeah, and and you know, Brandon Fott doesn't have a ton of experience, but the results were so good when yeah. it counted the most. I think that's what we were all amazed with his. And then you add Eduardo Rodriguez, and that's the easy pick for why the Diamondbacks, you know, can, you know, and everyone around the league is looking and saying, okay, look, not only was that maybe not a fluke, but now they're adding the biggest thing that they needed. And that was clear in the postseason was that fourth starter um, or third, you know, third and fourth starters to be solidified. So yeah, it's, it's a spring that you feel like, and I even noticed in Saturday's game, you know, they were still doing the little things. Well, I mean, those are the things that are going to win them games through the season. Mm -hmm. It's still the Diamondbacks identity is going to be, you know, they want to add more homers. Jacques Peterson will do that if if everything goes smoothly. But, you know, they still need to pitch, play really good defense, run the bases, not give away outs. You know, all of those things that they did well, they need to do all of that again. And, and I mean, look, it, no one certainly is expecting, at least I'm not, these three guys to be like this good all spring long. I mean, eventually one of the three yeah. will give up a run, right? That's going to happen. But I, I, I think this also, there's a bigger story here, too. And that is that very, very, very rare is a team in baseball that goes through the entire season and they just pitch five starters. Someone's going to get hurt. Oh, yeah. Someone's going to go down. Someone's going to miss a couple weeks with a this or a couple weeks with a that. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Knock on, I'm knocking on the wood right yeah. now, Diamondback well, fans. I'm not trying to speak anything into existence. Calm down. I'm just speaking in the, the truth here. We know someone's going to miss a few starts here or there. If if the Diamondbacks are fortunate to have Slade Ciccone have a really good spring, and let's say it's Tommy Henry who gets the fifth starter spot, and Ryan Nelson has a really good spring, that bodes well for inevitably when you have to dip down in the Reno to get one of those guys to make a spot start or two, they're there and they're ready to go. And, and no one's ready to anoint them after one spring start and two innings that they've thrown. But if you can have a good sixth starter, a good seventh starter, hell, a good eighth starter, there's yeah. a real chance those guys play, come into play at some point during the season. It's a long year. It is. And last year when they had to dip down, you know, I remember thinking I had heard a lot of, about Slade, of course, draft pick out of University of Miami. Of course, my mom, I'm a mater. But when you dip down to Sacconi and Bryce Jarvis, you kind of felt like, what are we going to get? You know, mm-hmm. and they and they, it was kind of like making sure they weren't in a bad spot, getting through four innings, you know, just getting to the bullpen. You know, this year, that could be a very different story, right? You're going to trust them more. They're going to know what to expect more. And last year, just real quick, Bernsey. Yeah. Think about this. Last year, you had Madison Bumgarner and Zach Davies in the rotation. So that's how different things look now. And now you have guys that, and like you said, injury, those guys ended up being injured, right? Mad Bum had other issues as well, just being ineffective. But you've got young starters and you've got arm after arm after arm. This is what a healthy farm system looks like, and it is fabulous. It's what every team wants in Major League Baseball. No doubt. When we come back with Jody Jackson filling in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gambo Show, Matt Ishbia has uh, been on the job as the Suns owner for just about a year and three weeks. He got something he wanted today. We'll tell you what it is next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Social Poll. Presented by Sanderson Ford. Joe Jackson filling in for Gambo here on the Versus so Gambo funny. Show. Uh, huh? she, was, she was telling us a story about about 
don't know if I can say it or not. It's okay. It. No, no, it's fine. Right? I was just poking. She, no, she was. Oh, did Mitch say was, something I didn't know? No, about? no, no. He saw you laughing, and he wanted to know what was so funny. Um, she was telling yeah. a story on the air about flying on the Texas Rangers plane when she was traveling. Like the Coyotes were apparently using the Texas Rangers plane. Yeah. So sometimes we have one member of our our traveling party in the Coyotes, and I won't name names, just more for fun than not. But it sometimes likes to track where the planes have been. So this plane had been out of service and in maintenance or whatever for since November, like early November. And so I was asking, you know, like I, I'm a reporter. I always want to know things. I'm asking the flight attendant, you know, what was going on? She goes, oh, it's maintenance. That's normal. I go, okay. She goes, the last time this plane flew was from Phoenix to Dallas with the Rangers and had the water salute when they landed and the whole thing for the celebration for winning the championship. And I was like, get me off this plane right now. I feel dirty. I feel dirty. Heavy maintenance was probably champagne in the carpet, right? Like, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably there's nothing wrong with the plane itself. It's just the whole thing reeked of yeah, the like, redo the upholstery. This is so weird. Yeah, cigars, so, oh, whiskey, man. and champagne, and goodness only knows what else on that plane. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they had probably many planes full of people, just like the D-backs. But I think, given the water salute thing, maybe this was the team, I or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, nice plane. I can though, respect but, that. Yeah, uh, Mitch, that, so that's what was so funny. So you. How we got on it. You you caught us mid-story about that. And I know this is not what we're talking about, but you, tomorrow, when you guys are out there, it'll be the Rangers. Yes. So, like, who would have thought there'd be this kind of weird, you know, Texas, Arizona... I don't know if it's animosity, but just I kind don't of. know if it's animosity. <laughs> it's certainly not a spring training game, yeah. but I, I I didn't realize until you just said a second ago that when we're out there broadcasting yeah. that it is the Rangers. It's do game. or die. It's it's the, the rematch. <laughs> God, uh, Mitch, you got a poll question for us? Tomorrow. No, yeah, we'll probably make a joke or two about it. Hey, look, it's like I'm at the World Series again. Not really, uh, Mitch. You've got a poll question for us about the Suns? Yes. Yeah, we always love it when the Suns beat down on the Lakers. Yes, right. We do. And we normally would expect it to be the top end talent of the team and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Not necessarily the case yesterday. So the question is, who is your MVP of yesterday's Suns win over the Lakers? And we got four options. Yusuf Nurkic, Royce O'Neal, Grayson Allen, or Bull Bull. <laughs> Bull Bull. I just like saying his name. Sorry. Oh, that's not, I just like saying his name. Does he get your vote or are you just like saying Bull Bull? Because I'm, like okay. yeah, I'm, go- I'm going Nurk. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Nurk. Yeah, I'm going Nurk. I am. But I bet Bobo's winning. Okay. It's a bad bet, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Forty-four mm. percent. Wouldn't be the first time. It's okay. You I've see, had plenty. You as should well. see my FanDuel account. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Forty-four percent going with Big Nurk as the big oh, winner okay. in that game. Twenty-six percent going with Royce O'Neal. Nineteen percent with Grayson Allen, and that leaves just eleven percent for Bobo. All right, finished last. I thought he was going to finish first, and he finished last. That's the poll question. We'll talk more about Nurk and Bull Bull coming up uh, in a little bit. Jody filling in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gambo Show. I just voted, by the way. Oh, did you? I like to vote in these polls, you know. <laughs> did you vote for Nurk? Even though I'm doing the talk show today. Yeah, I mean, you vote. You vote well, yeah, that's. But will you? Re- I voted Nurk. Yeah, yeah. Will you retweet it? it? Do you have the same gonna, power yeah, that I'm, Gambo has? I'm going to retweet it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's see. If, I don't have the same power. Call the Jody Gambo Jackson effect. No. Let's see if it works just the same. Every time Gambo retweets <laughs> it, we see the vote totals just. Well, he's got more followers than you. He, he'd be more than happy sure. to tell you about it too. If you asked him, um, more than happy to tell you about <laughs> how. We, 
followers he has. I think I can probably guess it off the top of my head. He says it so often. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, so it hasn't been announced, at least I don't think officially yet, by the NBA. But this one, we kind of felt like it was coming. Uh, according to multiple reports, the Phoenix Suns are going to get an NBA All-Star game in 2027. Um, the Suns are set to announce they won the bid to host the game in 2027, following the Mercury hosting the WNBA All-Star game this coming season. Uh, Phoenix has previously hosted the All-Star game in 75 99 and 2009. I feel like that's a that's a long drought to not have it. So I'm glad we're having that here. Yeah, uh, although the 99 one Yeah, I guess I guess that's when it was. Okay, for some reason I thought there was one there was another one in there too, but I'm going to go ahead and trust the story. The question I have is and I'm not suggesting for a second, not for a New York minute that we don't want this event, okay? Cuz we do. But let's be honest, the event itself Right? Like, it it had a rough year, the All-Star game. A really, really rough year. And I guess more than anything else is I'm curious. 2027 is what I said, and this is 2027. We're three years out. What is the NBA All-Star game weekend? What's it going to look like in 2027? I think that if I am the NBA, I'm making some pretty big changes going into next year. So the 2025 version, to me, has to be more compelling. Okay. Commissioner Jackson, do you have any suggestions? (laughs) Into what you would do. I haven't really do? thought a whole lot about this, but nah, I'd have to think about it a little bit more. But um, you know, I, I liked I liked the shooting contest with mm-hmm. Steph Curry, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm blanking on Sabrina Inescu. Yeah. Yes, Inescu. Yeah. She did a great job. I thought I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was cool. I don't I don't know what else you can add to it. The problem is when the game gets the same problem as the NFL has is when the game gets away and the game is not really a real game. And then what do you do? I mean, the NHL made a, a, a transition on that, doing the teams and the drafting and and the and the double, you know, it's basically multi games. It's two mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Two, I don't even know the format exactly, but you've got like I've watched an games. NHL All Star game. You've got a couple years. games leading to it. it's more like a tournament, okay? Right? And and then the guys and it it just makes it a little more interesting and the dynamic of you know Austin Matthews had the team and the drafted Keller and it just yeah. kind of has these personal storylines and yeah. things like that. I don't know. There's got to be something they can do in uh, and maybe even in the NFL too. This time a week ago, I, I mean, All Star games. Look, and again, I'm not suggesting it's not an honor to, to have it, but it's it's complicated because it was less than a week ago. It was last Tuesday's show where that was like the top story of the day. Oh, my gosh. The All-Star weekend. It was abysmal. It was awful. It was hard to watch. It was even the commissioner, Adam Silver, when he's given the trophy to the Eastern Conference champs, like, well... Uh, you guys scored more points than they did, so congratulations, I guess. Here's your trophy, right? Like he was very, he was pissed. He was because he he, he kind of staked his not his reputation, but he like assured reporters the night before. Oh no, we're we're gonna have a game. They're gonna compete. They're gonna go out there and work hard. They're gonna play like they want to win it. And obviously, none of that happened. We went through a bunch of ideas. I. I I imagine it will be different by 2027. I, I think the 
three-on-three concept is one that I wouldn't be surprised if they explore that a little bit rather than two teams playing each other. Yeah, create see, like, a, like little, a little mini three-on-three tournament, right, mm-hmm. where where it's like Team LeBron and Team Booker and Team KD and, and whatever, something like that. Um, my idea, and I read this somewhere else too, was that that in-season tournament they have, yeah, play the finals during All-Star Weekend. So, like, on Ooh, Sunday, yeah. you've got the championship game of the in-season tournament. I mean, it's a game that matters. Now, I matters. like that. However, you know, that that I don't know if that'll happen. Because at the end of the day, the All-Star break is kind of still supposed to be a break. Right. And there are so. going to be four teams that wouldn't get a Yeah, <laughs> right, there, there are four right. teams that wouldn't know. get, like, a vacation. Yeah. yeah, but... I like the three. Maybe the three on three. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll figure something they'll out. They'll figure but something out. I wonder if LeBron out. will be playing in 2027. Well, that's another quote. Yeah, there's who's, a lot of questions. Who's so. left? Is is Curry still around? <laughs> these are all good. Is questions. LeBron still? Is KD still yeah. around? These guys. I don't are... think LeBron's around. He's because he's already by then. He's thirty nine. Yeah, he... he's gone. Yeah. I would think he. Uh, you know, I say that he'll be an all star, but <laughs> but there are a few guys changing who, in the guard yeah, potentially. Yeah, potentially. It's, hard to say. it's yeah, kind of interesting to think about, but uh, it, it seems like a long way away and yet it'll be here before we know it. Amen to that. When we come back, the Phoenix Suns, it was obvious yet again yesterday. They need to get the most out of this player because when this player is on, the team does very, very well. Y'all know who we're talking about, right? We'll talk about him next on the Burns and Gambo show with Joji. Jody filling in.